Hi, friends. Brad and Lisa here. Hello. Uh, we wanted to drop this Patreon episode into the main feed because really, we just had so much fun recording it. In this episode, we talk about the third episode. Ooh, I'm saying episode a lot. <laughs> <laughs> of Loki entitled Lamentous. And we think it's a pretty phenomenal and monumental episode in a Disney series, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I love this show, and I do think that this episode in particular uh, speaks to what we talk about a lot on our main feed episodes anyway. This is a relationship episode, but... Guys, if you haven't watched it yet, you need to do so because, spoiler warning, we're going to talk about it all. Oh, yeah. We really, we get in there. We get specific. You'll also hear that unlike our main feed episodes, our Patreon episodes are a little casual. Yeah, very They're casual. They're a little loosey-goosey. I didn't even bother to open up the IMDb page. No, nope, yep, there's some <laughs> fumbling around for notes and web pages uh, that you'll hear in this episode. But, you know, we've been doing the Patreon now since October of last year. We've recorded, what, like 40 episodes, yes. I think? We, and we call them our sweatpants. We get in sweatpants mode yeah, for our Patreon. Yeah, we're in sweatpants modes with these conversations. And, like, if you have not been following us on Twitter and Instagram. I just want to make sure that our main body of listeners are aware of what we're doing over there. And if you do like this type of Brad and Lisa, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash CBCC podcast. And even if you don't want to fork over the $1 to listen to these types of episodes, we have unlocked several other episodes that are free to listen, like our Rocketeer conversation. That's right. Because that movie just celebrated its 30th anniversary, and that's a rad film, and everyone should listen to that rad conversation that we had around it's it. It's one of my personal favorites. Um, Rocketeer, for me, is up there with Prince Eric. Oh. From The Little Mermaid Very as uh, dudes I wanted to bone as a child. Is that weird? Uh, yeah, it's Sweat a little pants weird. Mode. It's a little weird. <laughs> Sweatpants mode. So that's it. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the main comically real conversation. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Comically Real, Loki, Episode 3, Lamentous. With me, as always, is my blushing bride, Lisa. Hello. Hello, your blushing bride of 12 years. That's right. This weekend, we are celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary. Lisa, does it feel like a long time ago or just yesterday? I think... At this point, it is starting to feel like a long time ago. Oh, 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 I don't know how that makes me feel. Like, oh, we've hit the point where, where it's a real slog. <laughs> Not that it's a real slog, but like 
it's hard for me to reconnect to the sense memory of us not being together. Mm. Like I relate less and less to the person I was before mm. pre BG. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel that way about like dating Brad, like those early 2007 days. Oof. Uh, I like, uh, you know, where, where every meeting was wrapped with anxiety and nervousness and excitement. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there is a familiarity with you now that I cherish more than anything else on this planet. So in that sense, I guess I understand what you are saying. Although, like, I can see my wedding day, our wedding day, yeah. like it was yesterday. Oh. See, like... I feel like we experienced our actual wedding day like very differently. Oh, yes, of course. Because for one thing, um, as a musician, I've attended many weddings. Yeah, and right. because that was my home parish that we got mar married in, yeah. like I experienced many weddings in that space right. that were all terribly similar to our wedding. Just I was standing in a slightly different place. Yeah, and I had never been in that <laughs> building at all. So it felt very special. <laughs> and um, and then, like, to me, if I could go back and do our wedding again, I wish it could be a little, could have been a little bit more emotionally present for mm. it. Because, like, you know, having a performer background, mm -hmm. my wedding just felt like just another show in a lot of ways. I I definitely agree about the ceremony itself because it was, you know, for me, not growing up Catholic, being in a Catholic wedding suddenly, uh, it felt very alien to me. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was doing all the steps I know. in he the was, right way. You guys, he was so stiff. Yeah. And like to the point where like I would try to sweetly hold his hands because I'm staying in character. Right. I'm a newlywed. Right. And he's like, no, do not hold my hand in church. <laughs> <laughs> so the ceremony itself, I you know, I agree that I wish I could go back in time and be more present in the moment. But once the ceremony was over, like once the reception happened, once the party happened, once we had our first dance, then it was like rock and roll. Like I loved our wedding party. Our reception was super fun. You know, we're biased, but I think that's the best reception I've ever attended. Oh, uh, I mean, I think we would have to ask our guests. Well, <laughs> sure. Uh, you <laughs> but, know, yeah, you know, because you know, my point of view was great. It was better than any other wedding reception. It was, like, it was super Brad and Lisa. Yeah, our first dance was to the William Shatner cover of Common People. That's right. Produced by Ben Folds. Yeah. And uh, we rocked it out. My dance with my father was to I'm a Believer from yep. the Monkees, obviously. Yeah. And didn't uh, Rainbow Connection get played at some point, too, during the I early don't dances? recall no? that. That okay. would make me cry buckets, I, that, that's I for like sure. there was a cry buckets song. And I, I mean, was I that. that was my encore at my graduate recital. Oh, you maybe that's what confusing. I'm thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> the world is a stage, my friends. Yeah, days start to blend together after 12 years, I yeah. guess. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm a sentimental fool. I love uh, taking time, take, having a day, like our anniversary day, the 27th of June, and making that a Brad and Lisa day. So I'm very excited to party Me too. again. Me too. And we're doing something a little new. Uh, we're, we're, you know, in lockdown, uh, Lisa got me obsessed with cooking shows, top chef, competition shows that. in particular, yeah, cooking competition shows. 
And I became obsessed with Chopped. Lisa became obsessed with Chopped. And Lisa suggested to me, you know, it would be a great anniversary. What if we performed Chop on our own? Where me, Brad, goes to the grocery store and selects three mystery baskets. It's four mystery basket ingredients, technically. Well, no, no, no. Four mystery baskets ingredients for oh, okay. three mystery baskets. I just baskets. don't want you to mess it up. No, I'm not going to. I'm <laughs> not going to. So we're going to do an on, or uh, an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. And in each mystery basket will be four items that Lisa doesn't know about that she will then have to incorporate into preparation of the meal, of the of appetizer, entree, or dessert. I am super excited. I have been... I, since I came up with this idea, I have been planning mentally um, for it. Um, but in this past week, I have been building my pantry. Like, what do I want to, in my pantry so that I feel like I can um, swerve yeah. at any given time, but still not like be paralyzed by having all of the options in the world. Lisa now, has filled up a notebook. I have. Yeah, I have like so. I'm not doing it within a time limit because I'm I've never been a line chef and so like a uh, time time I'm I'm trying to keep all of the preparations in around an hour. I'm I'm not going to do anything that's going to take the rest of the day, but I don't want to accidentally chop my finger off which happens quite a or, bit. It, uh, to the professional chefs on yeah. chopped. Um so yeah, and uh also we're doing it at your parents' house. Right, right, so right. So we also we don't want to intrude too much on their yeah. <laughs> time and space. We've told them that they're going to be judges, and they were like, "No, thank you." <laughs> they didn't like that idea. They didn't like. I've like part of me doesn't understand exactly why we're doing it at your parents' house. I just think I think it's maybe perhaps so we can have other people tasting the food besides Brad. That was my idea. But my, like to me, I'm going now. We're adding the uh, element of being in another kitchen, which is going to be stressful. Which is like being on Chopped. That's not their kitchen where they're performing and making their meals, Lisa. Yeah, but what if they don't like? participate in the way that I anticipate. Well, you know, that's part of the competition. You don't know what the judges are going to say. I know, but like my obliger nature <laughs> is going to want to do chopped the way that they want to do it because it is their home. Yeah. Like but I'm, I'm, sh I'm afraid of it. Um, diluting the purity of my chopped experience. Well, you're going to have to adopt some of my rebel tendency and uh, just do it your way. That's because right. Because you want to do it. I do. I desperately want to do it. I'm trying not to anticipate what Brad's going to get. I think that, the, like, there's, like, one ingredient where I'm, like, I'm probably definitely going to have to deal with this or something like this. Can you say I won't react? No, oh, no. <laughs> you don't trust me not to react, okay. Yeah, well, because then I don't want you also to, to feel, yeah, okay. to feel mm -hmm. obligated right, to change right, that all thing. All right, all right. I mean, I have certain items that I know I'm definitely going to incorporate, but then... Tomorrow, I'm going to go to the grocery store with my dad, and we're going to buy these items together. And I'm going to build the baskets on the fly in a lot of ways. I'm so, excited. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I do, I, I do want to record this experience in some way. I don't know, you guys. I don't want to get your hopes up or anything, like that there's going to be some, some kind of... Yeah. yeah. But we're going to try to capture it a little bit and yeah. put it in the Patreon feed. Yeah, but yeah. to some degree. To but, some degree. To some degree. But I don't want to get you guys' hopes up. Because really, I just want to... I just want to do it. Yeah. I think it's going to be so fun. It's going to be a blast. And I think it's going to be a very unique 
uh, anniversary. You know, last year we didn't really do anything because lockdown. Yeah, uh, I think we just ordered Thai food, which what, what which was we delicious. were doing every other week yeah, anyway. Yeah, but it, was, it was still good. It was still good. We it still enjoyed great. our anniversary. But uh, yeah, okay. Uh, Lisa, I think I think we've celebrated ourselves enough in this opening. Never. Banter. Why start? Why start a podcast <laughs> if you're not going to just you know constantly be building yourself up. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But we, I, I do want to get to Loki as mm-hmm. all our listeners want us to get to Loki because this episode lamentous episode three is easily my favorite of the three episodes so far. And I mean, I can now officially state like without a doubt, this is my favorite MCU Aww. show. I loved WandaVision Lisa, but the consistency of these three episodes, I think is even better than the consistency of, of WandaVision that we saw at this point in WandaVision. To me, this is like the, like if you're thinking of like a spectrum of what you expect mm-hmm. out of a Marvel television show, I feel like Loki is the perfect meld between WandaVision's out there weirdness mm-hmm. and Falcon and Winter Soldier's superhero groundedness. Yeah, yeah, and the formula of that. Yeah, I and, think that's true. And I... I like the fact that it is really does feel like a chopped up movie. Mm-hmm. Like thus far, every episode has had like a beginning, middle, end, like a thematic yeah. thing. Like it's not the same as like it's not like when you read a comic book and it just ends on a cliffhanger like, and you're like not satisfied. Two. Like I'm satisfied by every episode, but but it mm-hmm. still feels a little bit more. I, yes, but I think it's more evolved and episodic than Falcon Winter Soldier. Like Falcon Winter Soldier felt very chopped up. Like this is just a movie in six yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, like this episode, Lamentous, you could call this episode the walk and talk episode, mm-hmm. you know, the before sunrise episode, the train episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, the destroying moon episode. But it is not as episodic as WandaVision yeah. that had kind like, it definitely had like these like, distinct, yeah. not monster of the week or anything, but distinct chapters until you got about two thirds of the way right, through. Right, the eras of the television show and all I'm that stuff. I'm sad that it's only six episodes. Yeah, I'm sad that it's only six episodes, but it feels just, I mean, I feel like I'm getting everything that I need. So I'm very satisfied by the three episodes that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Whereas Falcon and Winter Soldier, like we talked about when we were covering it on our Patreon, you know, there were things that I liked and there were things that I didn't like. This is pretty much just nonstop liking things. Yeah, isn't that isn't that refreshing? Yeah, it's great. And you know, now we get to spend some time with Sylvie, mm-hmm. and we get to know that she is Sylvie. That that is her confirmed name. Yeah. Loki does seem to be a dead name because she does not like to be referred to as Loki. But she then also calls Sylvie an alias, yeah. which is confusing. Uh, well, to me. I, th- I think it's complicated. I think the reason it's confusing is we don't have all the information yet, mm-hmm. and based on the mid tr- the mid season trailer that Disney dropped earlier, I think we're going to be getting some history of Sylvie, and we're going to learn more about, you know, wh- why, how, and what went down regarding her character and her past, and I think. They're doing a good job of making us super curious because to me, this episode Mm -hmm. is all about Loki kind of realizing like we might be the same person, but because of our different circumstances, we're reacting to the same circumstance in these like dramatically different ways. And why is that? And so theoretically, they both started out as Lokis. Like literally, like Sylvie could be different because as an infant, 
Yeah. She decided to turn her head right instead of left, or, and now- Or something happened to her when she was very young. The impression I get is there's tragedy in her life, mm -hmm. and we're going to learn what that tragedy is. I, like- I think it's safe to say that she did not end up on Asgard. Like, that's definitely the case. I, I, I mean, or not with the parents that he had. Exactly, because you have that conversation on the train between the two. And, the you know, she says, you know, she's curious about his experience with his mother. And, you know, she seems wistful and sorrowful when he is talking about uh, Freya. And, you know, I think even Loki is a little surprised by the emotions that he has experienced as he's, as he's talking about his mom. But when he then says, well, like, who, who is your mom? What's your mom like? You know, she says that line, you know, well, I barely remember her. It's like blips of a dream, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. And the, so I feel like she was removed from that adopted family early on in her childhood when she or became maybe, a variant. Or maybe her frost giant family. Yeah, right. We don't know. Yeah. But well, I mean, I we don't know, but I do think at some point she had connection to Odin and Freya because she knows about adopted parents. Right? Yeah, but I mean, adoptive parents can be anybody. Y yes, but again, what I'm inferring based on that scene is she has emotions attached to Freya. That, okay. That's what I feel like. Okay. Uh, to me, I go... It could be anything. That, like, you know, as an infant, during this conflict between the Asgardians and the Frost Giants... She chose to turn her head a different way, and then maybe she was picked up by a lowlier Asgardian family. Or perhaps. a variant of or some variant kind. variant of some kind. Yeah, there was yeah, some yeah. kind of, you know, yeah. variant influence. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. They're doing a great job of making us curious, yes. that's for sure. Yes, uh, and, and I think that um, the actor, uh, Stephanie DeMatteo, let me look it up real quick. I don't even have my computers completely asleep. I'm going to be referring to Sophia, no characters or actors by their names. Sophia Di Martino. I as Sylvie, I think she is phenomenal yeah. in this episode, as is Tom Hiddleston. He's killing it. In that conversation, when he pulls the quill and paper out of thin air just so he can mock her, uh, that like he is funny, he is uh, angry, he is confused, he is uh, righteous, like the, the, whole, the whole range of, of emotional experience goes on at that table and it's, an, it's awing to watch. I think that like he's trying to ply her like to be more vulnerable by being vulnerable himself. Mm. Like he's like, I'm willing to go there emotionally. So will you meet me halfway and tell me about yourself? Like they're on an awkward first date. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, there is this odd chemistry mm -hmm, mm -hmm. between them yep. where I'm like, why do I want to see these two kiss? Well, yeah, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit the other day, but uh, you, you know, if Loki was going to fall in love with anyone, it would be himself. And right? that's not gross because it's not like they're si they're not siblings. No, and they do. I mean, like I don't know. Like it depends on. Uh, how Sylvie became Sylvie because do they have the same genetics? Is well, it the same I would say that they would have identical it, it genetics. Would, I mean, it would be like having 
an you know, identical twin, your, but it's your, not a dynamic. It's a little incestuous. <laughs> it's a little Lisa. incestuous, but I think we could talk ourselves into seeing them kiss. Is what, I, is what I'm implying. Um, there's like a couple of things in that specific conversation that I feel mm. like will come back. Mm-hmm. So I know that Brad's thing is like, I want to do a stream of consciousness conversation. And but I'm Lisa's like, got, I her got notes. my notes. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so let me go through. So um, there's a couple of things we skipped. I'm going to double back. Okay, go ahead. This um, is our podcast. We get to t- talk in, in any way that okay, we want. Okay, so let me get us up to the, the train then. Oh, I'm going to start back. at the beginning. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, you don't want to talk about... Because we're talking about their incest, I, like I feel like okay, okay, I'll go, I'll go to the train. Jeez. Well, well, I just I want to talk about how, you know, Loki tries in trying to pry information out of Sylvie. He says, you know, is there a bow? Yes, yes, yes. I want to get to that too. Okay. So, um, I I do think what's interesting about so bef- be- when they're talking discussing, um, the mother and how they have these different mother figures and influences in their lives, Loki ended up being taught by Freya. And Freya's perspective on magic is it's something that's limitless and distracting and beautiful where um, Sylvie ended up, according to her, in this circumstance, being self-taught. Right. And for her, her magic is something secret and manipulative and... And different than Loki's. And different, right? Yeah. So they have the same set of talents, but because of the different circumstances, these these talents manifest themselves, like, very differently. Um, what's another thing? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, now we're up to Lucky Bow. Let's talk about it. Well, so, so what I love about that scene... I mean, this is a historic scene within the MCU, Positively, right? Yes. Uh, you know, so you know, she does not want to reveal too much about her history to Loki, and says like, "Oh, what? Like, you think there's some postman out there? Mm-hmm. While I've been gallivanting from apocalypse to apocalypse, it just, there's just no time for that." Um, although Lisa, you you said to me, you know, like, well, do you think there is a postman? But out she does there? say that there. She has enough romance in her life to keep her going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. From yeah, right, exactly. And so, but but she deflects it back to him and says, you know, what about you? You're a prince. Were there any other princesses out there, or maybe possibly a prince? And then that's when Loki says a little bit of both. And I suspect the same as you. And, the, and I expect the same as you. And Con- she doesn't deny it. Yeah, and confirming his bisexuality. So and, awesome. You know, we've been waiting for that as fans of this character from the comics and from the. MCU. And we thought we would get it in the form of a wink. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or a nudgy nudgy, which we, we've become accustomed to in comic books. Yeah, culture. and like the MCU has done a real piss poor job of representation within the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, oh, don't worry, guys. Uh, Avengers Endgame is going to have the first openly gay character. Then it ends up being uh, Anthony or Joe Russo mm-hmm. uh, in that um, scene with Captain America and Jim Starlin at the beginning in the, like this sort of like AA meeting for yeah, people yeah. who have lost people. And you're like, well, that that's not... That hardly counts. That doesn't really count. Come on, guys. Try harder. And so to confirm Loki as bisexual... I mean, it is a moment, and I, I mean, I hope we explore that even further in this series, and especially going forward in the franchise, because, well, you know, Loki's got to stick around now, right? The, 
there is also a different way that they view love that mm. is very different. So she she makes the love is hate statement, and they're referring back to the woman in mm. the little mm. shack where he briefly tried to use his uh, diplomacy and guile, right. um, and it doesn't work out for him. Um, it, and so she says, like, um, you know, to, to like, she has the idea, which has been stated before, that love and hate are, are adjacent emotions. Yeah, big you eye know roll. What I mean? Big eye roll. I'm with yeah. Loki on this. <laughs> and uh, he's like, that sounds like trash to me. But then she asks him, like, and, but he says, like, he's into princesses, he's into princess princes, but he hasn't had anything real. Mm-hmm. And uh, she asks, love is mischief then? Like, I guess implying that love is something you do to just kind of amuse yourself and it's kind of meaningless and you might leave a couple of people a little worse off. And he denies that. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, I know that that's not it. And I have the capacity of love within me, but I'm having, but I'm not ready to articulate it. The love is hate thing is interesting with Loki too, because he has a love-hate relationship with his father, Odin, And his brother. And his brother, Thor. And, you know, clearly Loki believes in love because we've seen him get so damn angry at the people that he loves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Loki is one of the most passionate characters in the MCU. And so to see him sort of reflect on not the familial love, but the possible love that he hasn't really fully experienced with a partner yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, seems to be something that he- He's open to. He's open to. And wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is another thing, like you talking about, like Loki the, is this compassionate character. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a scene before this when they they have the discussion of like, she's like, I'm not Loki, don't call me Loki. Mm-hmm. I'm Sylvie now, please call me that, it's my alias. And he asks the question aloud, like, or or she asks, what makes a Loki a Loki? Mm -hmm. And his answer in the moment is independence, authority, (laughs) and style. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope that throughout this series, he begins to discover like that that's not the whole truth. Mm. Like and to the point where people outside of Loki would not describe him that mm. way. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean what what's great about the Loki series is it feels very reflective because we have this concept of variance and mirrors, right? There's all these opportunities to look at yourself and go like, well, is that me? Yes, no, well, what do I want me to be? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of character possibility for Loki in this series. Well, it underscores something that I believe is true, and that is, like, your choices make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Whether the choice is how you choose to think or how you choose to act or how you choose to speak to yourself or speak to others, all of those things... All of those choices make you who you are, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. as well as like your genetic makeup and your circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But but we talked about that last week, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, like if you met your variant self, Lisa, who decided 
to pursue something else when she was 21, when the Lisa of her mid 30s were then to meet the Lisa who made those choices in her 20s different, differently, would you recognize that Lisa as you? Yeah, What would you feel like, would you even like her? Yeah, would you even like her? And, and the, the answer could be probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and there I think are, that's interesting. There are other like cute contrasts between Sylvie and Loki. And I love to see Loki's inherent as guardian-ness. Mm, mm-hmm. um, like, so we have, um, after that uh, train sequence, they're both getting a little bit sleepy and they're just kind of biding time. And so she accidentally dozes off. And while she dozes off, he gets drunk and starts partying. He loses his uniform. Yeah, I mean, this is an amazing sequence. Yeah, this is so good. And um, she wakes to him actually singing and kind of running the room. Yeah. Like he has now become the host of this raucous party and he's singing this song that sounds kind of like a, like a, uh, like an Asgardian Wellerman or something. Yeah, but it's in Norwegian, which would, really? which would make sense because, you know, Thor ties Asgard to Norway in the very first movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, so. so. But right in the middle, so he's, it's, it's like this really spirited drinking song, but then it all goes quiet and we get this really, like, kind of disarmingly vulnerable solo section from Loki where you go like, oh my goodness, I'm seeing some true depths like that, that I don't completely understand. I've been trying to get uh, the lyrics to this song um, off of, uh, uh, off the internet Mm -hmm. and I can't find the entire thing, but a passage of it is in storm blackened mountains. I wander alone across glaciers. I travel forth in the apple orchard. The fair maiden stands and sings. When will you come home? And then the chorus when she sings, she sings, come home. Mm, uh, I mean, I love that. The song, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the title in Norwegian. I will just put it in the liner notes <laughs> of this episode. Putting it in them notes. Yeah. Yag Salar Min Gonger. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, he, you know, he, you, we see him do what we've seen Thor do before, which is, like, he finishes a beverage and he breaks it on the ground. And he says, another. So good. So we get to see his Asgardian-ness come through. And then when he's feeling more vulnerable, he makes takes another stab, so to speak, at his definition of love. And he he weaves something that, like, sounds very meaningful and poetic. Yeah, at first, you're like, I'm with it. I'm okay, with it. Yeah, okay. let's go. Um, love is a dagger. Like, you can use it from a distance, but you can also use it close up, and it'll make uh-huh. the other person bleed, but it'll also make you okay, bleed, okay. and it's pretty, and you can see yourself in it. <laughs> but then when you reach out to touch it, it turns out to not be real. And uh, Sylvie goes, so love is an imaginary dagger. That's like a crap metaphor. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And he is persuaded immediately. He's like, oh, I agree. That is not my definition yeah. of love. Yeah. That's just, um, you know, bull. So she returns the favor to him after he mocked her. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. very, very good. Yeah. But I, I think that we are going to get closer and closer to what Loki actually defines as love and whether it be like a familial love or like a 
a love of life. You know, he he definitely later in the episode shows tremendous empathy mm-hmm. because mm. they they discover oh this entire episode is about like um when they they were in like she in infiltrates the TVA. Tries to get to those golden elevators. Tries to get to the golden elevators. And Loki is still kind of working with the TVA with the hopes of getting closer to the timekeepers. So he intercepts her They and he snatches her tempad yeah. and just takes us them to the next location. In a scene that has Gugu Mbatha-Ra as R- Judge Renslayer looking fierce. Yeah, and ready to just let Loki die. Like that shot of her with the two guards, the two Minutemen at her sides, as she like powers up her pruning stick. Yeah, Really so badass. Good. So good. And so they end up on Lamentus 3 right before- One. An, one, whatever. <laughs> right before, it doesn't matter. Right before an apocalypse, and the tempad that they used to travel there is out of batteries. So this entire episode, like he, uh, Loki is trying to hold on to the tempad because he has the power, um, so that he can have the power. And she is the only one who knows how to charge the tempad. So they end up in this kind of like, um, like stalemate. A, yeah, truce. like it's like a truce. Yeah. To to commence recommence kicking each other's butts when they return to the TV. Right. Okay, why was I explaining that? Well, because we get to the end. Uh, we get to the end, and um, they they come to the conclusion of like, oh, the temp well, had breaks. Yeah, and they come they get to the, kicked off the train. They they come to the conclusion that the only way to um, get out of this situation is to change the future. So we're going to have to get onto the Ark, but instead of the Ark dying in the apocalypse, we're going to get the Ark off of this yeah off of this but if they were uh, to planet. do that that would create variant energy mm-hmm. and would alert the TVA to their presence immediately but it's like it's either that or die, or die. immediately right 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 no it's a good call it's a good call but it's we, a, so they we, don't get to do it so we have this kind of final fight sequence going through the city of all of these people who couldn't get tickets to get onto this arc and Loki states when he sees them all in this panic, like they're all gonna die. Yeah. He he makes that yeah. connection right away. And then we see them kind of fighting through, you know, pushing people off, pushing people aside, trying big, to get long to the arc. Faux one take. It, like if I was to have any like nitpicky thing, like I thought that was a very poor excuse. Like that was like the most gen- generic looking. Um, alternate yeah. d- dystopian planet existence oh, thing. Oh, it's you like, mean like the set, the production yeah, design? Yeah, like the neon and the Blade Runner and uh, the weirdly I mean, yeah, I mean, Asian for no reason. I, I I think it is a little generic. I mean, I love the lighting. The mm-hmm. lighting is done in the bisexual flag, so that's like Very super rad. cool. The, to me, it's the faux one shot that really does yeah, not Yeah, it just work. doesn't look good. It reminds me of uh, like when you go to Disney and you're on one of those rides that's like, like ha- like a poor excuse for a roller coaster mm-hmm. and a poor mm-hmm. excuse for a simulation. Yes. So it's like part green screen yeah. and but but yeah. part not. What's it was that like uh, haunted roller coaster that's at Bush Gardens? Oh yeah, it I, feels like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, like but it feels weird. But then the episode ends with um, like all of this chaos, and Sylvie is able to kind of like shrug off the chaos and keep going. 
But Loki is just looking around stunned yeah. at the like the humanity of it all. Yeah, I mean the death. I mean it's mm-hmm. terrifying. And but I think what that really speaks to is how long Sylvie has been on her mission. The impression I get is it's been not years, not decades, but hundreds of years. And she hasn't had the luxury of compassion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, she shed that if yeah. she had it at all, really. Uh, you, you know, it does beg the question why she was so seemingly surprised when she arrived at the TVA and could not do magic. Like, so she has never, never been, been there, before? there before? That's surprising to me. Um, but I guess that just is what it is. But, I mean, she's become really good at evading them. You know, so I guess like going to the TVA, the only way she would go to the TVA was on her own terms rather than being captured and having to break out, I guess. Well, here's the question, right? So when Loki broke free from his timeline, when he created the Nexus event during Avengers Endgame and he took the Space Stone and went off to Mongolia, the Minutemen were on him lickety split, Mm -hmm. right? And then they hauled him off to the DMV. Um, So... How come that never happened to Sylvie? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because she's so good at evading them. But if but if she was taken as a child, yeah, oh, that's you true. You know, so I like I feel like we, we now know also that there is some deeper darkness to the TVA. Right. 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 So we learn in this episode, Sylvie informs Loki that the TVA agents, like Mobius, Mm -hmm. are variants themselves. Yeah, the episode opens with her talking to, what's the actress's name? Her name is like Sophia. Oh, oh, Sasha Lane from Hellboy. Yeah, Sasha Lane, who was her, um, now I'm just gonna, now that you've completed one sentence, I'm just gonna forget all of my words. She was the captive from like the first or second episode. Yes, And so Sylvie... We, so the episode opens with Sylvie and Sasha Lane in like a bar sharing margaritas. Which looks like contemporary time, like like our time, the 2020s. And, um, but quickly we realize that Sylvie is trying to ply Sasha Lane for answers under this um, guise that they're like old friends. Yeah, enchantment. And, and, um... Loki, and so she tells this to Loki, and Loki is like, well, she's not ha- she's not supposed to have memories from before she was in the TVA, so therefore the TVA has been lying to me when they said that everybody working at the TVA is a product of the timekeepers. Right, and but they don't know that. The, the agents don't yeah, know so that. Yeah, so there's some kind of mind wipage, mind control S- thing. Slavery system going on. Exactly. Yeah, and so now my question is, like, how much does Judge Renslayer know? Mm-hmm. What, who is at the top of that golden elevator? Are there actually timekeepers? Is there Kang the Conqueror up there? We shall Somebody see. else, possibly? Um, from that same scene... Um, where uh, Sylvie is telling Loki about Sasha Lane. This is why I like. I to think do it's. Things. I think the character is C twenty. It's a oh, designation. It's D something. It's like, uh, okay. It's, I, I think it's C twenty. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. You've been doing the writing on the on yeah. the internet, so I have Little hill. Um, but uh, they also Sylvie also describes to Loki how her powers work. 
and how like, okay, I have to make physical contact. And if it's like a dumb person, I get in there, no problem. It's like a Jedi mind trick. If the person is- A stormtrooper. Is pliable, like I can get in their minds right away, but some people with stronger minds fight me and I have to find another way. So like one of the other ways is I access one of their memories and then we exist in the memory together. Mm -hmm. So I'm there and the person whose mind I'm infiltrating mm -hmm. is there. Yeah. So I'm wondering yep. if down the line in this episode, we are going to have Sylvie in Loki's mind, but with Loki's consent. Or, or how about without his consent in this entire episode or a portion Yeah, I of also this had that thought, which to me, I go like, to, to that I say lame. Yeah, I, I would, shouldn't say I, lame. That, to that I say, no thank you. Yeah, I agree. I think narratively I think that would be sauce. weak sauce, absolutely. And, you know, the, the character of Sylvie, again, we talked a little bit about this last week, uh, you know, is is a version of Enchantress. The, the second Enchantress uh, in the Young Avengers comic book, Dark Reign, was named Sylvie. And that Sylvie was a creation of Loki, like mm -hmm. Loki fabricated Sylvie. Um, and, and that does not seem to be the case here. So I think they're just sort of taking, you know, what they want from the Enchantress and Sylvie of the comic books and applying it to their variant yeah, stuff. Yeah, which is, which is but, a part for the course. I don't know. There might be something else going on when we see her history and exactly where this Sylvie came from. And if she has a relationship, like, why does she not want to be called Loki? Like, has right. she met other Lokis? Are there older Lokis? And she Lokis? has some kind of like negative association with Lokis? Yeah, yeah. I, I would hate to f to hazard a guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I like, uh, I, 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 just, I just, I'm very tantalized by her history. And I hope that backstory episode is next. Uh, but, yeah. it, but, but, uh, you know, uh, Michael Waldron uh, has said that episodes four and five are where the action really kicks up on Loki. So mm -hmm. I'm not uh, interested in the action. Well, I, I uh, to me, well, it I depends would, on what your definition of action is. Yeah. Like I don't want more neon running through a green screen. Yeah, I hear you, Lisa. I know your, your big complaint about this episode was that last two minutes. Yes. But this was a walk and talk. This was the most character centric episode that we've gotten and, from the MCU so far. And that's all I want. Please and yeah. thank you. Just yeah. people talking on a train. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I, um, one more thematic thing that I think is going to come up that is like a way that Sylvie and Loki are different and maybe a way that we will see them maybe trade places or uh, come to some kind of agreement is the line, uh, brutal, brutal force is no substitute for diplomacy. Mm -hmm. Um, where like, uh, Loki is less likely mm -hmm. to get physical. He doesn't want to do a long walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wants to avoid, um, hurting his beautiful mug <laughs> at all, at all costs. And um, Sylvie is much more like, okay, like, I don't have to beat you up. Me beating you up is really up to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, I, like I, I never shrink from a fight, you know? I, like, I would love to um, have Loki teach Sylvie to value life a little bit more. And I would love Sylvie to teach Loki that sometimes it's okay to be straightforward 
with what you think and feel and say. Yeah, you, know? you don't have to guard everything. I think that they, those two characters have a lot to say to each other, and them kissing is just like masturbation, <laughs> and masturbation is not wrong. Okay. It's a beautiful thing, and it's part of a, like a healthy sexual relationship with yourself. I, I mean, I like if... If they take it to that arena, they are not going to. I I'll think it, be surprised. I think too too many people would be grossed out by it. Uh, you know, like I, I like yeah. I, I I don't know. I I'm not against it, but I'm more interested about what these two can teach each other in a non-romantic sense. Yeah, I know. So, I you know how I am though. Uh, you like your kissing. You I like do. your kissing, but I do want some kissing for Loki yeah. in this season and going forward. Yes. Uh, I, I also want to know more about his romantic background. Yeah. Like I, now I, that I know that there are princesses and princes, I want princesses. So, like, I want to see it. The past history we've gotten from this series so far is we got the D.B. Cooper scene. Yeah, so right? good. And I, we're, I think we're going to get some Sylvie back flashback stuff. So good. And I, I think we're going to get some Mobius flashback stuff. I think we're going to get Mobius on a jet ski. I, I am super curious about Mobius. I feel like we do not have time to, to like... Tell me all of the things I want to know about everyone. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'd like eight episodes, 12 episodes, whatever. But I, I, I think this episode is being very economical. And I think this series is being economical. And I'm enjoying how they're handling it and dishing out all the information so far. Me too, me too. Uh, so, yeah, uh, this is my favorite episode of the season. I hope every episode just gets better from here. Um, but I am very excited to go on from here. Yes. And I think Sylvie is a tremendous addition to the MCU, and I hope she sticks around for a long time. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, anything else we need to talk about Let, before we can get I do out a of here? Quick yeah, qu flip. do a quick scan of your notes. Uh huh. Uh, I talked about that. Yeah. Okay. Um. No, I think I covered it. Okay. <laughs> I think I covered it. Um. Different circumstances lead to different skills slash magic. Yes. Okay. Yes, we did it. We covered it all. All right. That is what Brad and Lisa thought about Loki episode three, uh, Lamentus. Uh, I just love that this planet is called Lamentus. I uh, mean, it's so obvious that it's like a full like 360 of like, I love it. I hate it. I love it. Uh, you know, like when you press play on the episode, you know, you see the title is Lamentus, right? And then you find out real quick that the planet is Lamentus 1. You're like, okay. <laughs> uh, Will there be other things to lament on uh, Lamentus 2 and I Lamentus think, 3? I, well, I think so because the next episode is going to have to pick up immediately where this one left off. They're still on Lamentus 1. And uh, I would have, Imagine a good strategy for getting off is to find some way to create some variant energy and bring in the TVA. Well, now everybody is going to be, everybody on the Ark is going to be a variant. Well, the, um... The Ark got destroyed. There is... No, no, I'm saying the, like, they are, the only way for them to get out of the circumstance is to create a circumstance where the Ark leaves. No, the Ark got blown up. We see the arc blow up at the end of this episode. Oh, false. So they have now they have to create some variant energy to get the TVA in to get to them out them. of here. I to see remove them. I How see, they're going to do that without oh, the arc. I don't know. Yeah, you were so upset during that action scene. You were so scoffed I, at the action scene. I had scene. a hard time following it, to tell you the yeah. truth. <laughs> but, like, you know, that episode ends 
And while it's funky, not my favorite action scene, that final image I of think Loki is looking up at the sky. And Sylvie turning her back on it is great. And I love leaving this episode with Loki in his, you know, pieces of his TVA costume. This is the look I like for Loki. It's it's pathetic and interesting. I'm yeah. way into it. Yeah. Uh, but he's probably going to get some new clothes soon. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it. Uh, we will be back next week with episode four. Uh, guys, if you're not watching The Bad Batch on Disney+, Plus, I'm like, not. like Lisa, you're missing out because this latest episode with Cad Bane was unbelievably rad. Fennec Shand from The Mandalorian has popped up, Lisa. There's some really interesting implications regarding the most, you know, The Rise of Skywalker the, and the recent sequels, Lisa. You know, no, she's giving me a big old frown. I'm loving the Bad Batch. I'd love to do a comically reel about the Bad Batch, but Lisa's never going to let that happen. So I would I let that happen. I'm going to oblige her. Yeah. If you want me to watch them, I, I will. I, maybe I do. Maybe I do. <laughs> uh, but then we got to get. I will certainly do it for if any of our listeners. Yeah. Give any Fs about Star Wars. I, I, I don't think we have a single p- patron anyway that is into the Bad Batch. We might have some Bad Batchers on the main feed. And if we do, I want to hear from them. Okay. I want to hear from anybody who likes the Bad Batch. Just come chat to at Mouthdork on Twitter. I want to <laughs> talk to you about it. Uh, but then also we're going to hopefully put something together for our anniversary, our chopped experiment for this Patreon feed. Uh, we are going to do a Challengers of the Unknown episode. At Jack Kirby's at some point. And uh, we've got Fantastic Four, the final episode coming up, talking about the entire Matt Fraction although it's not really all Matt Fraction, as it turns out, run of Fantastic Four. That's going to be our next main feed episode. And then we are going to do a a proper Loki and Loki episode talking about Kieran Gillen's journey into mystery series. And I'm very excited to uh, knock that one off off. Yeah, I would love for you to write all of this stuff down and put it on, on a calendar. calendar. Yeah. I require some external accountability because yeah. I hear that list of things that we're doing and I'm a little overwhelmed. Yeah. I feel an obliger rebellion oh, coming on. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, don't forget to ask us some questions, drop some comments. We'll talk about them on the next Comically Real. But until next time, keep your love tank full. And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy.